I mean, I, I, I have that experience in my own family. My, my dad passed away when I was eight. Um, he had pancreatic cancer. And I think at, at the time, I, I, I was aware of the consequences of that disease when he was sick, but I didn't really quite grasp hmm. what death meant um, until, you know, a lot later. And now, like, you know, I have, like, first-hand... Like, we all know this. We all know this is true. It's not like, oh, I, I heard that. <laughs> In the end, people die. No, we all know this. It's, it's no myth. It's it's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I experienced that in my own family. So I have first-hand evidence of that if for some reason I say, like, no, this is not going to happen to me. And it's really making me, you know, I, I don't have the answers, but it's I, I, I try to keep it present to add perspective to, to some problems that really don't matter as much as and make them seem they matter. to a box full of chocolates. In a world where social media makes it easier than ever to compare ourselves to others, we can sometimes forget the incredible journeys we've all taken to get to where we are. We get so caught up in the lives of others that we sometimes forget to celebrate ourselves. A box full of chocolates is a podcast dedicated to celebrating the lives of my guests. Together, we reflect on the inspiring journeys as well as their hard-learned lessons in life. I explore pivotal moments that help them discover themselves and remind them that their story is just as important as anyone's. For today's episode, I got a chance to speak to Emilio. Emilio is one of my dearest friends, even back then in high school at UWC. Okay, this acronym pops up a couple of times, but it's basically the school, the high school we went to. Um, yeah. Here, so, even back then in, in UWC, he already stood out as being lovable, brave, larger than life. Uh, despite being half a world apart and only seeing each other twice since graduation in 2013, he continues to have such a lasting impact on my life. Um, his humility keeps me grounded, and his tireless work ethic really challenges me to be more resilient. Over the course of our chat, we got a chance to reflect on different moments in his life, um, some of which I had no idea about, but all of which have had a really important, um, important place in challenging his worldview and also have helped shape who he is today. We talk about volunteering in India and how that was kind of a brutal wake-up call for him. Um, also about his decision to move into education by first spending two years teaching a primary school um, in the outskirts of his hometown in Paraguay. And finally, we end the, the podcast um, talking about mortality and how his father's death has led him to live a much more purposeful life. I really couldn't have hoped for a better conversation to kick off this series. And, and I'm really grateful to you, Emilio, uh, for sharing your stories and heartland lessons. So thank you. For you listening, thank you for choosing to tune in, and I hope you find value in today's episode. So let's get started. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, what's up? Emilio, Emilio, Emilio. I'm really, really looking forward to chatting. Like, just thank you so much for yeah, agreeing, <laughs> agreeing to do this. 
I, I don't usually do podcast calls, you know, but <laughs> who is it? Justin Lim? Oh, okay, I'll do hey. one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll take this one, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, dude, uh, I'm, I'm so happy, so honored. And, you know, when you had this idea, I said, go ahead. I'm so excited for you. So happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. First official guest of A Box of Chocolates. And I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to this so much, man. I, I think yeah. So just before, just before like this call, I was, I was just thinking a lot about our our friendship over the years, and I, I was kind of just found it so interesting that we've so we've known each other for nine years. And yeah, I, I also <laughs> counted. Yeah, yeah, nine years, man. Twenty eleven. We know each other for nine years. The first of those two years were obviously very intense when we were studying together in um in UWC in the states, but then the seven years after that we. Basically, I mean, the way I see, you know, we've we've been crossing paths twice actually over the last seven years and getting glimpses into each other's lives, um, but not really understanding fully. So we have casual calls, you know, um, but I don't I don't feel like I have a really good understanding of certain experiences because you've done so much. <laughs> I was just looking <laughs> at what you've been doing, and man, you've done a lot. And yeah, maybe I just wanted to start with asking you. Let's just say for now, you know, the biggest highlights over over the last seven years just yeah what what comes to mind and then we can take it from there and see how we go on for the sounds good man um uh so we graduated at ewc in 2013 right so and then i i went to school in in colorado you know one thing i really liked about living in new mexico and something i i hadn't explored living here in paraguay was just living that lifestyle focused in the outdoors. So that, that was kind of one of my main reasons to, to go and, and live in Colorado for four years where I definitely got the chance to, to do all that and more. And, uh, you know, did the, the college thing. By my third year, actually, no, um, in my sophomore year during that summer, remember I, I did that little India thing? Um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to talk about the India thing, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I my plan after coming back from that was actually to, to study abroad for, for a whole semester, but I guess this is like one of the main themes in my life, longing for this sense of, of belonging to, to, to a place. So when I went to India and I came back to Colorado, it was my junior year, so I had only been in Colorado for, for two years after and then i had just returned from this big trip right and i was supposed to go abroad again that first semester of junior year and i was like oh my god like i'm not even like staying in one place i wanna have the chance of, of make this place my own so i decided not to go abroad and i ended up just staying in colorado for that full year um, and then by the time the, the, that third year Passed, I was like, okay, now I'm ready again to <laughs> go somewhere. And I, I took the a very unorthodox decision to study abroad for my full senior year. Yeah. Um, my friends in college were definitely pissed uh, that I didn't consult them before. But uh, I, I think that was a great decision. Ended up going to two places I, I never thought I, I would go. I, I, heck, you know, like for the past... Nine years, I never imagined that, that my life was going to take the turn it, it, it took since going to EWC. Um, 
so yeah, I ended up going to South Africa, being there for, for a semester. That was really nice because it, my, my education had been so Western-focused, centric, and then going to South Africa and learning about all these African authors and, and African history and African politics just really gave me a different perspective. And then the other half of it was being in the Balkans and learning about peace and conflict resolution there. I visited the ELDC there and that kind of like ended up being something that pushed me in the direction I ended up going after college. Um, I don't know like how deep I should go into these things because each, yeah, each yeah. of them can be like, you know, yeah. very long. Uh, no, I, I, th- I think um, when, when I was recapping a bit your your timeline of what, what you've been up to and also doing a bit of, I guess, like just background research on trying to understand better what those experiences meant to you and what you're, what you're focusing on currently and how kind of your whole, your whole path is, as far as I can see at least. Um, I want to actually draw it back and kind of come back to that. You know, man, like when we, when we went to school together, um, I've always been drawn, drawn to you because of your desire to, to learn and your hunger to, um, to look up for new things. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's why everyone else is also very drawn to you. Um, you know, you're really the guy in the room that everybody wants to get to know. And the guy that's, that's funny, but not, not the, you know, not the joker, not the joker kind of guy. Like, cause you're the guy who's like funny, but he still has this, like his shit together kind of guy. You know, that's, that's, that's the way I see it. I think that's the way a lot of people see it. I think you, you know, you get a lot of respect from the people around you. That's, that's, that's undeniable. I wanted to actually ask you, how do you maintain that? Because you know, I've know you, I know you pretty well, but I'm sure I haven't been there for a lot of your more challenging times. Um, so I wanted to yeah, give give me some insight on like how how you stay motivated and how do you how do you stay hungry to want to know more to always challenge yourself? What's that What's that driver in you that's making you want to push on? Oof. Oh, that's... <laughs> um. For, for me, the, the one thing that I can always count on when, when I'm feeling down or when, I, when I'm having a hard time uh, in life um, or just a, 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 a bad day is that I can always learn something new. I can always, there's always something to learn. Um, so in that sense, learning is, is the thing that has always just taken me out of wherever I was at the moment and and allowed me to to focus on that one thing because when you're having a bad time when you're not happy where you are what's really doing that is it's just your own mind you know thinking about the past the future these worries anxiety and and when you're learning something new it is something new you have no idea about be it traveling exploring a new country a new culture meeting new people, all these are learning experiences, right? Not just in the traditional sense. And when something is new and, and you have that mindset of what can I learn from this, then you have to be present. That That's mm, the only mm, way you're going to yeah, learn yeah. anything. And, and being present, grounded in the present moment is really what uh, just makes you appreciate life and, and be grateful for that opportunity again. So I, I, I don't think that... I. Uh, deliberately but unconsciously i think mm, i was doing those things mm. because of the way it, it made me feel right 
what's something that you're you're currently learning? I mean, I know you're doing a whole bunch of different things, um, but what's what's currently at the top of mind for you? Top of mind for me right now, um, again, it's we we all just came out of a really tough time over or coming out of you know this quarantine because of the pandemic and 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 that was a hard time for me as well because I had many plans for this year like many <laughs> people did I'm sure yeah uh, you know that phrase there there's no no plan that survives first contact with reality or something like that so <laughs> that that was very true this year more than ever. Um, and what I'm trying to learn is that I, I think this year more than, than ever, I've realized that throughout my life, I've made a lot of my own satisfaction and happiness dependent on, on the things uh, outside of extrinsic, extrinsic, sorry, extrinsic. Help me out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. Exterior, <laughs> extrinsic, know, like, extrinsic. Yeah, is that, that's is it. That, is that a word? Extrin- it is let's use it let's use okay let's use it extrinsic so you know things like especially us coming from ewc where everyone was just so incredibly talented and smart and, and everyone's just off to great careers now i think uh, at least a lot of what i've perceived from my external environment was um, you have to achieve certain things you have to be a certain way you have to work in certain in, in certain fields uh in order in, in order to 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 be enough mm. um so i i think that's like one of the things you, you asked me like what are you ner- learning and for me it's learning to to realize that my my self-worth is not dependent on on the work i'm doing uh, on the things that i've done in the past um, the things i've achieved the the places i've been uh, it's not about any of that because just you don't have to do anything essentially to, to be yep. enough you just are yep. and and that's really hard to, to see in, in today's age you know where we're just constantly comparing to each other um, and measuring each other against each other so so for me it's just learning to to, to say hey I'm, I'm enough whatever I, I do I, I don't really have to do anything in order to to feel like um, I'm great. Yeah. At the same time, it's you know, it's um, I think it's also being brave enough to to view life in that way and to not subscribe to what the common culture is. Right. The common culture is to provide the right signals through social media, through um, well, actually, mainly through social media, that you are living a great life because you work at X Y Z job or because you tick all the right boxes that say that you're successful. Um, but ultimately I completely agree with you. You know, it's, um, at the end of the day, you need to be honest with yourself and only you actually know how you are <laughs> on a day to day basis. Um, and that's, that's nothing no one else can, um, can answer for you. Um, and actually that's, that's a good time because I, I mean, you, you were off Facebook and generally social media. So I think that was 2018. Um, that's when yeah. you you jumped off and then you jumped back on this year I mean with with quarantine and everything tell me about that like digital detox yeah for sure uh I I, I jumped off um yeah 2018 beginning of 2018 must have been like February or something it's not like you know I marked a date on my calendar and counted yeah. the days or anything um so the decision to do that was um 
based on a little bit what I was telling you. Um, so at the time I was I was living a very different life to, to the lives I was seeing on, on social platforms. I was taking a bus two hours out of the city every day and back uh, to teach children at a at a under-resourced schooling in the public education system here in Paraguay. Um, so I was teaching fourth and fifth grade. It was just a beautiful experience. It was very hard too. So that just kind of took everything out of me. And I, I was coming back, right, from, from those days. And, and, and I would go on social media and, and, and check what people were up to. And, and somehow, like, comparing... You know all the all, all my daily struggles to the highlight reel of other people, and that just is, and there are so many studies now, so much evidence showing that uh, people that, that use social media more tend to be less satisfied with, with their lives because of that constant comparison we're doing. So that was one thing, just my own like monitoring my levels of satisfaction uh, with my life. Um, by not comparing myself so much to others. Mm. Um, there, there are three things you can do when, when something is when, when something is causing you uh, suffering. You can try to remove yourself from the situation. Uh, you can try to change it. Or you can just surrender to it. I, I wasn't going <laughs> to surrender to it. I couldn't change it either. So no. I just removed myself from it. Right? No. So And then there was the whole thing as well with... You know, privacy, um, it was around the time of Cambridge Analytica and, and people were really starting yep. to see the things that Facebook was doing with, with the platforms. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of about that. And then also just making more time for myself that it's not that I spent hours on social media every day, but still, you know, a few minutes every day that really adds up. Yep, you know, yep. like, so it, it was that. And, and being off of it, was great i it, it wasn't the first time i had done it like when i was in, in south africa um i think for the f last few months of that semester i also just didn't go and hey I, I got off of it i didn't announce it or anything you know mm -hmm. um but <laughs> it just really allowed me to to live my life and, and 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 just be content with what i was doing and focusing on my relationships and then when you're living when you're in the moment, um, just going through the, the moments of your day, you never have this thought of, oh, because I know, like, I Absolutely. used to have this thought. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have this thought, like, oh, yeah. you know, I can, I can post this. Like, what would yeah. that this is This is possible. Like, this is, yeah. This is, yeah, this is cool. This is going to make me cool. It's going to send the right signals, what yeah. you're saying. It's yeah. sending the right signals. So I, I, never ha I, I never had those thoughts during that time, which was just great. Which for me was even you know worse because I love photography so much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll be like taking pictures, and then as I was taking pictures, I'll be like, okay, is this is like you know possible, good enough. Uh, but I think like we, so, we should try to look at like you know, with with regards to sending the right signals, then with you know, signals for what for what like consequence actually, because you know you send the right signals for you post some great photos. You know, for that, that's potentially you get some great feedback. Hey, you know, great photos. And like, okay, cool, very cool. And I guess we also, I'm I'm guilty of this as well. You know, I also want to use that as a medium to show art. And I'm like, okay, but great, maybe I can be discovered, or maybe this is gonna give me more visibility. But it depends, I guess, what the 
what's what's the cost for you you know like if um if you're okay if you're okay with that um you should kind of try to understand for yourself at what cost is it you know am i spending way too much time i'm actually lying to myself and actually spending more time getting the kick out of out of the um um the number of likes i'm getting or am i actually using it to 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 showcase my work and you know get a better get a better audience there and that's something I want to talk about as well as like, you know, for photography, I mean, that's the perfect medium. And I know people also missed, I also missed seeing your work because you were posting some really great stuff. Um, what did you do with all that work? Did you just save it? The, all the great photos you've been taking since then? Since the likes and comments disappeared, <laughs> I stopped taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was only doing it for the ego, man. You know, but you know, it's, it's hard to separate that sometimes because... Some people, yeah, you were saying you, for, that, you yeah, forget, exactly. you forget what you get motivated by, right? You actually do forget what you exactly. get motivated by. You were saying by. that you, um, that's what I was thinking about when you're saying that you gotta uh, check what 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 you're doing it for, and and even if you're doing it for for exposure, for art, for just like sharing the love, that's gonna that feeling, that ego is gonna creep in, man, because you just <laughs> love that. Um, and then I just wanted to to like touch a little bit as well on how like what it's been like being back now right mm, you mentioned that yeah. <laughs> yeah. back on uh during quarantine at first i need this is like this was the, the the best moment when i first you know created a facebook account again and it was a very surreal experience because i started adding friends like i'll <laughs> add you for example right like just who who is like oh my god who do I know? Okay. I know three people. I'll search for them. And then I was like, and then you'll search for a person that, you know, like popped into your mind. And then yeah. the algorithm is, you know, just amazing that it suggests other people that are related to a person. And somehow you're, you know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're also friends with them, especially with the whole, you know, if you went to the same school, that becomes a lot. Right, easier. right. So I, I started adding all the, EWC friends, right? And man, like I had completely like not, I just hadn't thought about these people. I realized for like, you know, the whole time I was off of social media. So that's like one interesting yeah, thing, yeah. like without the constant like reminder of the news feed and, and all that, there are mm. just some people that you never think about. But it's not because you don't like them or you don't treasure the, the, the moments you shared together yeah the friendship um but you know there, there, there's only so much room in, in your head for for everything else that's happening in life so for me thinking about these people again and remembering mm. the times we shared and and just the memories was just so beautiful i was like i was adding people and i had the biggest smile on my face <laughs> because i was like thinking about these people again and and remembering so that was like the best part of, of going back just thinking about these people again like just having a channel to to get to them again and then all that happiness just like kind of you know stopped i to be honest now i, I don't use it at all i i, I really don't know I, for, for me right now being in, on, on facebook and, and instagram um it's just having a channel to which I can reach people yep. if I want to or if they want to. Uh, because, you know, many people don't, I don't necessarily have people's phone numbers or, or email addresses. 
So that's like one easy way of doing that. But I, I don't check the news feed anymore. Like I don't post. Yep. I it's and I don't feel that need to post anything. Even if like I'm doing the coolest thing ever, I don't feel like I need to post about it. So that's kind of gone away through that detox. But it's nice to have the channel through which I can communicate with people. What I found interesting about what you said is exactly, you know, you were building your social media presence. Again, you were adding friends who, I mean, they actually, they are your friends in real life, but suddenly I need to confirm or you need to confirm, is Tristan actually your friend? Yes, add friend because we are friends. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then building building up your network and seeing actually exactly, you know, who, it's kind of like, you know, you have like a, um, maybe you're going from the older, if you think maybe in the past, like switching from like a Rolodex with like papers and like digitizing that into like a digital contact book and you know making yeah. that that transition you know and i mean what you said as well it's like i mean you need to prioritize who you spend time with right and that's that's the matter of life you if you meet a lot of great people unfortunately you're not going to be able to develop deep meaningful relationships with all of them are there other people that you found that you actually cut out after getting off social media that you were actually quite close when when you use social media but now you actually just stop talking to them because you actually realize maybe those weren't actually very healthy relationships. And since they're not always present, um, you don't need to, to actually um, continue sort of building a relationship with them. So here's the thing with, with relationships or relationship building in social media. It, it's, it's quite passive, right? So um, likes, comments, and that's you know about it. Even when, when I was on it, a for me for me never was I, I never deliberately reached out to say I don't know ten people a week mm. ten different people a week or something like that and and other people didn't either you know so it's not like I was like oh I have all these relationships that are only happening in social media and I'm gonna lose them right. if I leave no. No. Uh, so coming back it's you know, it's just it's just been the same. Um, I have a few friends that that constantly send me messages on like WhatsApp or whatever, and and these people are always there regardless of, of what platform I'm using. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. has not changed. Yeah. That really has not changed. And so yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I had to cut anyone off. And um, I'm not you know being negative either, and and giving shit to, to the people that didn't reach out to me, you know, mm. because I didn't either, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and, and it's that, again, it's that because we don't like each other. Um, and, I, and I know that if I happen to see them somewhere around the world, we're, we're going to, you know, it's just going to be like time didn't pass and we're going to pick up back from where we left yeah. off. Yeah. Um, well, at least after, you know, like 10 or 15 minutes of awkward talk. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's like that, you know, friendships are like that. And, and I think that's the view that, that people have about those friendships, friendships as well. It's kind of like the, the thing of saying, um, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it, right? Just because I can call you at any time through through Messenger on Facebook or I can post something on Instagram all the time doesn't mean I should do that <laughs> because exactly. is that how you should you you want to spend your time personally yeah if you look at the reasons as to why you're doing that you know is that really just to to get an ego boost actually or is that 
yeah because you genuinely want to reconnect with these people um yeah i wanted to actually maybe like switch topic a bit and i actually didn't really get a chance to talk to you much about um india i mean what was that like it's kind of a general question so india was the summer of 2015 end of may through end of august kind of thing yeah we were based at an ngo each and just doing work with them we Mm. we did have some more traditional like um lessons and international development and sustainable development and all that before heading out um so i i interned at a at an ngo it was called access development service and they did they did work with small farmers in rural india farmers that planted you know stuff for their own consumption but they also had a surplus and Often they will sell the surplus in the market, but because the, but because they were so small, they couldn't really negotiate a fair price. Right. So what the NGO was helping them do was create a, a company aggregating all the surplus that the small farmers had and selling it just as one. You know? yeah. And that way, trying to get better prices. So that was kind of the work that the NGO was doing. Um, we were sent out there, and I think the hardest thing of, of doing that kind of work was um questioning what what my role was there as a as an international volunteer i think there's so i realized man that there's so many people that that, that go to india to volunteer right <laughs> to do stuff with an ngo and you know i was guilty of doing that as well um some people even call it volunteerism yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and there's this thing of the white savior complex going in as well, or just like the international volunteer complex where, where people go and, and see themselves as, as saviors, as having all the answers, as having all the knowledge and right, right. thinking, really overestimating their ability to help these communities and to effect change in these communities. So I kind of went with that mindset as well, guilty of that. And then as soon as I... Um, started learning more about the communities and, and and the place where I was. I realized that I, you, you kind of have this identity crisis. Like, what am I doing here? What am I here for? <laughs> There's nothing I have to offer. Um, yeah. These people don't need me. I don't speak the language. Yeah. This is very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Um, and then you, you you start feeling like all the these the, the locals and, and people are doing things to please you because you're a foreigner, right? So that, that was kind of hard. And so I, I really questioned, like, how can I make this time here uh, worthwhile? Not f- for me, because I'm already learning and, and taking away so much, but for, for the people that are here too. Um, and luckily, there, there was a, a silver lining and, and a way I, I, I found that I could offer something. The yeah. the head of the NGO wanted to make a video, like a documentary about the work they were doing, something they could use to help them raise funds to continue to do the work. And at the time, I was really into filmmaking and photography. Yeah. I I basically like with one translator, just the two of us, we made this whole. It was not really a, a feature length documentary, but it's like a. So I guess, you know, a solid 
short film about the work they were doing. Um, and that was just really fun because having a camera really gives you an excuse and, and access to places where mm. you normally wouldn't be welcome if, if you didn't have that, you know, authority. Like, because a camera kind of like, there's like, I don't want to say authority, but I think people understand that you're trying to tell their story and that's why they, they welcome you. Kind of like you doing the pop, this podcast right now, right? So people say, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, you can ask me all these hard questions <laughs> if it's for a podcast, but if we're just having coffee, how dare you? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we ended up doing the, the thing. It, it, it turned up, I think, very well. People really liked it. It was, they still use it to this day, to, to, this day, yeah. Yeah, to, to raise funds. Uh, so that was like, but it, it took a lot of questioning, right? How how can I um, actually give something and, and not just take away stuff? Um, I think that, that ties in like, you know, with the similar to what we talk, I mean, we were talking about that quite a lot, like understanding and being honest with yourself in terms of like, what what is the real intention behind your actions, right? Um, we, you, you mentioned volunteerism and right. I mean, it makes you for kinda, some great <laughs> social media posts. It does. It's all. It's all. No, but it's 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 true, you know. And maybe the intentions are right from the people who who do go. Um, I mean, I think your intentions were the right ones when you obviously went to India. Um, and the question is, do you actually question a bit further? Like, hey, okay, you know, is me building this house like how first of all how sustainable is this house is this house actually going to last longer than six months <laughs> if if the house um has issues who's going to repair it do i like you know is yeah. that just going to be the end of the house like what is what you're doing actually sustainable in the long run that's fair enough some people you know some people also do this when you when you're quite young right and it's, it's hard to have the foresight if you if you can't see the perspective of the other people because that's something i think you develop as you get older but um it's it's good that yeah. you reflected, and I think it's good that you had this project that you worked on, right? Because that's that that's something that's long term, and you were able to give back in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that the, the biggest lesson here for for anyone that attempts to to do any any kind of work like that uh, is just humility. Hmm. Uh, just just being humble and then recognizing that you don't have all the answers, you don't have all the knowledge. No, you're not gonna save them. Um, you might not even you know create change, but just being there, making yourself available, and trying to tr- trying to find a way to to be a catalyst for change at least, I think, is is a way to look at it. Let's maybe tie that into what you were doing not so long ago, right? I mean, for teach for Enseña por Paraguay, and um, my my Spanish is not bad. <laughs> I had yeah, to had to bad, practice saying that it's not amazing. It's, let's be real, yeah, it's not so amazing. We're gonna <laughs> continue the interview in Spanish now. So. Yeah, sí, sí. Um, ¿Por qué no, tío? Sí, lo, el, lo enseña por Paraguay fue. Sí. No, <laughs> sí, cómo fue. Um, right. So, so yeah. what's your, your your question about teach for Paraguay? Well, it must have been tough, right? There must have been days. I mean, when you got on social media, there was that whole thing of you know seeing other people's lives and kind of seeing your reality of, you know, taking the bus. Was that two hour journey um, yeah. from Asuncion to, to the school, right? Right. And then you were staying closer to the school, living away from your family, which is also a very different reality for um, than you know, what I'm sure some Instagram stories or Facebook stories that you're seeing. How did you, how do you feel in those moments? You know, 
what was going through your mind? Like, what kept you kept you going in the in those two years, which is a, it's a long time. Yeah, man. Um, so the thing that that keeps any so just you know for for people that don't know, I what I was doing was teaching teaching yeah. fourth and, and and fifth grade full time um, at this school, and the thing that I think keeps any any teacher in the classroom is the relationships that that they build with with students. So for me, just to, to give you a, you know a little idea of what that was like in my first year, I remember the very first day I handed out a few brochures that said said um, a certain thing, right? So I, I I asked students to read it out loud. So once I was like, okay, you you read it out loud, and they're like, I, they're like dead quiet. And then another student, were like, I, I can't, like, I, I don't know. Um. So I really struggled to find someone that could read it, and I was like, okay, they're just you know, quiet today because it's the first day. So what the the brochure had written on it was welcome to the world famous learning at learning adventure, right? Trying to kind of uh, make them feel excited about the year that was starting and that yeah. it was this was world famous. If it's world famous, <laughs> it must be you know like, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so someone finally ended up reading it, and and then later that week I I tested the kids and, and realized that half of the class, although being in fourth grade already, just couldn't read or write. Yeah. So that was a really hard realization. I didn't think, I think it was very naive of me to, to think that everyone would be at a at least reading level yeah. uh, in fourth grade, but it, it wasn't the case. So I wasn't prepared to, to face that. And at that moment, I, I did have a lot of self-doubt. Like, can I actually do this? Kind of like that same feeling we we're just discussing in India, right? Like, can I actually do this? Am I, I, I didn't study education. Uh, I don't know much about teaching. All the, all the teaching training I got, I just received five weeks ago. <laughs> or, the, or the curse of the, of the past five weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, how am I actually going to do this? This is like a two-year commitment. Uh, and I actually, yeah, I did think about just stepping down because... I didn't know if I could do it, if I was the right person to do it, if, if an, an, an actual teacher could, could help them more. But then I, th- I, I thought about it, like, if, if they got to this point, having access to the teachers they have, if, if I don't try to do this thing, then they're probably just going to continue that same path. So I gave myself the benefit of the doubt and I said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure this out. And it was amazing to see how excited those kids that, that couldn't read at that point were to, to see someone that saw them for who they were and where they were and cared about them. And they were super eager to put in the extra work to, to, to get this done. So for the... I think it was for eight weeks. We went to class earlier, an hour earlier every day to do the ABCs and, and everything again from scratch. Like we're using first grade textbooks and, and but they just didn't care. They were too excited to, you know, 
for for the possibility of of maybe you know actually learning how to read something that they should have done three years ago already. Uh, and I don't want to say that teachers in in that situation don't care about these students. Uh, the education system here in Paraguay is just t- teachers in the education system are are very very um, stressed. Just um, there's too much. They're overworked, basically. They're overworked. We're asking mm. too much of them. They don't have the right support, and so I, it, it no wonder, you know, the the outcome is what what it is. But you know, me like coming in fresh out of college, like young guy, idealistic, lo- a lot of energy. Uh, I was able to kind of make that, you know, push for two years to, to to help the kids get where they needed to be in terms of of their learning. Um, and man, it's just like once you start seeing results and 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 the kids just oh man, like the the this the the sort of things kids start saying like I believe in myself, I can do it. The way they they start regulating their own learning, um, how they don't want to miss a single day of school. Like they wanted to go to school on the weekends. Once a kid asked me, hey. <laughs> Why, why do we, you know, have weekends? Why do we have holidays? This is not common, you know, every day. And I was like, I but, love your enthusiasm, but I'm the one that needs a break, man. <laughs> and how, so, how, how so many, how many, yeah, how, how, how many, sorry to interrupt you. How, like how many, how many kids were, were in your class actually? There were 25 kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, so it wasn't like a huge class, like what you'll picture in the, you know, global South. Yeah. So 25 kids, how long did it actually take to gain their trust, you know, and for them to actually kind of come on board, like what you, like the energy that you're bringing, the, the creative um, education techniques, you, use, you know, all these things that you've, that we've, we've talked about in the past, like I never really got to understand, like when did that actually kick in? You know, when did you start seeing the results? Right. So you, you, you mentioned the word trust and, and that is essential. Like, one, you, before they start learning anything, and, and I was learning too, right? Um, you need to build that trust. Yeah. So I make it, I, I made it very, uh, a very intentional, deliberate decision to, to do that in the first few weeks of, of class. So in the first few weeks, we just like got to know each other. I would play with them a lot, lots of games, um, lots of silly things. My first ever uh, introduction to them was the following. I opened the door and I opened my arms up like like wings, like airplane yeah. wings. Yeah, yeah. And then I start making this like very silly airplane engine sound. And I start flying across the, the, the classroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like over their heads, you know, over their, their right. little heads. And then all of a sudden I crashed like against the board and I just collapsed on the floor <laughs> and I just passed out there and stayed there on the floor for a few minutes. <laughs> and then all of them stood up. They're like, oh my God, you know, like... <laughs> so I just wanted to, you know... I was holding myself not to laugh, uh, but I had to stay in character. Um, essentially, what I was uh, you know, enacting was 
a scene where an, an airplane crashes in an island and there are people in the airplane uh, that then survive and then you need to decide who you're gonna save, who you're gonna rescue and who's gonna stay in the island. And it was, um, yeah, it was like a critical thinking, collaborative work kind of exercise where I asked mm. the kids to, to together decide who they were, who they were gonna save. Um, but we, you know, with the whole enactment. So yeah, I mean, that house just like <laughs> does all the tension away immediately, yeah, right? Yeah, like if yeah. this is where, how we're starting, yeah. and I think that was essential, I mean, about building that trust, like taking risks, um, to, to do that. And then they really appreciated that I was putting in extra hours and, and extra work to help the group of kids that needed to, to learn to read and write. Um, and they really reciprocated uh, that with their effort and, and willingness to, to show up as well. And mm. um, so I, I think that just like it, it's just your, your actions, man. Kids are extremely smart. They can, you know, tell your bullshit from, you know, yeah, miles yeah. away. Yeah. So, so they, they, they realized that I was there, you know, for real. And, and I really wanted to, to give a hand and, and they were happy and I appreciated that. I'm very grateful for it. And then after the first year, seeing the results, man, like, I think that the, we made the most improvement in that first year because it was also when I had the most energy in my second year, I, I have to admit that my energy kind of was down a little bit because I was already tired being a teacher man like so much empathy for teachers it's really really hard really hard emotionally physically it's like physical and emotional labor mm. <laughs> uh, really hard labor but but yeah it's being able to to do silly things taking risks showing that you care with your actions I, I think that's how they end up trusting you and and then they, they do whatever they, they need to do to to get what they want to get. And what kind of, um, I mean, you said improvement, like, what did you see? Was there a change of the, the approach, the character, with the grades getting better? I mean, we talked about reading, like, what, what, what were the improvements, actually? Right. So reading was a big thing. The 100% of the class could read. Whereas before it was only like 55% of the class. So all the kids ended up the great reading and, and writing. The writing, man, the writing, writing is really hard for, mm. for kids when, when they're just uh, starting to, to learn how to read. They actually both happen simultaneously, but writing is always a lot harder. And just seeing the writing at the end of the course as well, people that, kids that at the beginning of the year could, couldn't write a sentence, they're writing one or two pages in well wow. you know in an hour so th that was the academic side but then seeing their emotional intelligence evolve as well was really nice I, I think they were able to control their emotions a lot better than a lot of us adults can <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, the biggest mindset i think that the mindset shift as well was realizing that there's more in them than they thought mm. that they can do so much more um, that they can, that can do mentality that coming from the background they come from and, and having the, the teachers that they had before, that maybe they didn't believe that. But then if anything, I think that they take away from those two years is 
just having that mindset of I, I can do that I can do that um, I have everything I, I need in me to, to do it I've done it before so that was that was 2017 2019 I want to say or 2018 yeah. to yeah okay, like it was, right. yeah so the, the school calendar is, is different here so it was okay. all of 2018 and all of 2019 right did that inspire you to to continue doing um, things like that and staying in education or did that did that make you go <laughs> want to do something different because it was so tiring that that's where i'm at right now at crossroads um i think the desire to to contribute i think that's that's the key word here contribute to to do something for others is there um i'm not sure i'm gonna Right now, I'm not in the classroom. I'm still working in, in education. I'm still working with the same organization now, actually. Uh, we're working on a project where we're going to coach 1,000 teachers in the Paraguayan education system to uh, how to transition to distance learning, mm. which you know has been very challenging because of the current situation. And through that, we're going to reach 25,000 students, around 25,000 students. So I'm I'm still in education. Um, my role in this project is, I really like my role actually. It's it's about it's it's basically being the person that uh, asks how are we doing? Are we doing the things we said we were gonna do? What are the lessons we're taking week to week? Um, and then I have no idea, man, what I'm gonna be doing in five or, or ten years. No. Uh, as I said, I, I do wanna continue to to contribute. Part of the reason that makes it hard for me to to plan for that is that you know I'm planning a move hopefully sometime in the next year to to the states. Yeah. Um, to be with a very special someone. For love, I hear. <laughs> so I hear this, the birds singing love songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing, man. So so that's kind of hard to plan for because um, you know it's although I already lived in, in Colorado and, and that's where I would be and I have no people there, I have friends, it'll still be like starting over yeah. a little bit. So it, it's hard to say what I'm going to be doing work-wise, but whatever I do, I just, you know, tying it back to what I was saying at the beginning, I, whatever I do, whatever I am, I just want to be in a place where regardless of where I am, not because of I of the place I am or, or of the things I'm doing. I'm just at peace and I have this like joy of of the things being, uh, accepting the way things are. Whatever is, is okay. I don't need to get a certain job. I don't need to mm. get a certain pay grade. I, I, I don't need to be in a certain place. Whatever it is, just, just being able to completely accept that and I'm not talking about resignation here, you know. Um, I'm just saying, yeah, accepting things as, as they are and, and, and being in the moment. And I think that's like something extremely hard. Um, I really, you know, caught myself in this negative loop during the quarantine because I was supposed to uh, go study in the U.S. and then that fell through and then lockdown started here so i wasn't able to to get a job for for a long time and during that time i was like oh man like if only i have a job you know if only i get a job that'll be it right and that's so silly man like can you really make your 
satisfaction in life dependent on, on having a job or, or getting a certain job or achieving a certain thing. That's really, I think, the wrong way to, to look at things and, and, and live life. Um, so, yeah, in, in five or ten years, I just, I'm thinking about the future again, right? About not tomorrow. Like, whatever, wherever I am, when I am, I just want to be happy where, where I am and the way things are. I, I completely subscribe to that as well. Um, I I found myself, especially during quarantine, man. Like it's it's been, I think just the same for everyone. It's been like a roller coaster ride of emotions and being able to reconnect with people we haven't spoken to in a while. Like being able to do things like this and talk to you like in this way. It's it helps me actually understand what's important in life <laughs> because you strip away. I mean, let's say take a job, for example. What's what's the point of a job? It's, well, ideally, you're happy with the work you're doing because you provide, you, you know, you think you're providing value. Um, or you feel like you're providing value and you're creating something, right? You're really creating a project with uh, with other people, with your teammates. Um, and of course, it provides security because you get paid for the work you do, financial security, you can live a, a good life. But if, as you said, like, you know, if you put that at the at the forefront, actually, and you're not actually truly honest with yourself about how you actually feel, whether you're actually happy, it's very easy to get confused as to why you're doing this job. Is it really because you're happy and you're creating real value? Or is it actually mainly because of the security it provides you? I think the whole the whole notion of, of comfort and that's, I mean, being comfortable, Karnbuk who said that as, as a quote, but when something doesn't change, it's, it's essentially dead. Um, mm-hmm. As humans, we, we are always changing from every second to another. But if you're, if you, you know, if you're well, not actively- changing. Exactly. But if you're not I think actively like every eight years or so, like we get completely new cells or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And I think if you if you're not honest with yourself to actually, hey, look at yourself and reflect and say, Am I actually just doing this out of comfort? You know? Am I just looking forward to things in the future rather than living in the present? Um you only you have the answers, right? Um <laughs> at the end of the day. But how do you manage that? How do you live enough in the present but also have ambition for the future? without getting too, yeah, too caught up in the future and without having so many expectations, right? Because that's when, if you don't meet those expectations, then that's when, <laughs> that's when you're going through some down, down periods. Um, For sure. For sure, man. Um, you know, kind of on a different note, but another thing that is also kind of related to, to these uh, questioning we're doing here, it's, it's uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about mortality mm. i don't know if you do this um, <laughs> just meditating on it and, and being honest and and, and re- accepting accepting that yeah this is what's gonna happen at some point in yeah. everyone's lives and yeah. in, you know we're all impermanent it's all gonna go away um, and that really I, I think i mean death is a very useful thing it's there and, and it makes your life, you know, not endless, not infinite. And then it's up to you to, to ask yourself, how are you going to live it? How are you going to make it count? And how to ultimately find meaning. And I mean, I, I, I have that experience in my own family. My, my dad passed away when I was eight. Um, he had pancreatic cancer. And I think at, at the time, I, I, I was aware of the consequences of that disease when he was sick, but I didn't really quite grasp hmm. what death meant um, until, you know, a lot later. And now, like, you know, I have, like, first hand, like, we all know this, 
We all know this is true. It's not like, oh, I, I heard that. <laughs> In the end, people die. No, we all know this. It's, it's no myth. It's, it's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I experienced that in my own family. So I have firsthand evidence of that. If for some reason I say like, no, this is not going to happen to me. And it's really making me, you know, I, I don't have the answers, but it's I, I try to keep it present to add perspective to, to some problems that really don't matter as much as I make them seem they matter. Hmm. Well, what's your experience with this? Do you do you find yourself thinking about this? Uh, to be to be honest, when I remember thinking about death, I, I guess a lot of other people did that as well. Thinking about death at a very very young age, and just being really bloody sad, thinking about everyone that was gonna die in my family, thinking about like my grandparents that were gonna die, my parents, my brother. I was like no like that can't be real like that can't actually happen you know and i think uh, as a you know, as we get older we experience people that we get to know then passing away um yeah. when we're a bit more of a conscious age like you know in your 20s or something then that really hits you know and that really for me it just puts into perspective damn i really need to actually be a bit more responsible with um the time i want to spend with people and who i want to spend that time with and as you say, you know, like it put, helps you put things into um, into perspective and forces you to actually prioritize the relationships you want to build, the things you want to do, because life is bloody precious. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and I get so much energy from my friends, man, from the people I love. And emotions are very real. And I think when you do decide to express them and be comfortable with expressing them and telling people how you feel in a certain way, that's such a beautiful thing just to share moments with 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 other people your your friends whether it's <laughs> man i i <laughs> before before watching before before dropping this call i was um i was watching the the videos that we had made together actually um because they, they, they're, they're on youtube oh, but they're but they're like oh, they're under <laughs> but they're, <laughs> they're unlisted you know so no one can see it except me because i'm the cow no no um there's a <laughs> yeah. but oh my god <laughs> man what i what i got from that was again we talk about death we talk about life and seeing us the three like because because it was you know it was the bunch of photos of us back in back in school in like 2011 to 2013 Were you cringing as you were watching this? (laughs) I I was half cringing and I was half just feeling really bloody wholesome, to be honest. (laughs) Like just, you know, there's this photo of us in in El Fidel sitting by this bar. Um, We we thought we were, you know, so cool. (laughs) We we thought we were adults, you know, we were wearing shirts. Like that was a big occasion. The three three amigos, you know, going there. It's like, oh, guys, let's take the picture at the bar. No, like that's... (laughs) (laughs) For the record, we were like 17, 18, drinking age in the US, you know, 21. (laughs) But that's... But man, what I take from that, though, is like... That was really beautiful. Living looking forward we were looking forward to a lot of things i feel like you know we were in school especially when we're younger you're discovering so many new things you're in an environment that you can pursue what you want to and you have the people around you who are also curious about it and i find that it's just that's just tougher tougher you know as you get older to find people who are still really curious still have the energy still 
are hungry to actually learn new things and actually um, not judge too much, you know? Because, I mean, there's, there's an idea of how you should be as you get older and you start conforming to what's common in terms of social norms. You know, it's common as we talked about social media, we talked about posting on Instagram. That also induces a certain type of lifestyle, you know? Even if, and, and that rewards the ones that can afford to look like they're having, they have the most money actually. Because the more cash you have, then the, the more people actually want to be like that because that's how society has driven us to be. You know, it's about, um, that's success these days. But I, I miss when that was, that really was not the case. You know, social, when we were in school, like social media was not big. We weren't using Instagram. Um, and living those moments of like, just having that one picture of us at the bar, <laughs> that just brings back so many memories because that's all there is from that moment, actually. We don't have anything else from that moment. We had that, that... <laughs> Those those for your birthday, is it? Yeah, those for your birthday, right? That I think. I don't know. It might have been Santi's birthday too. That was a place to go for birthdays, <laughs> from steak and I think it was like sweet potatoes or something, and and then like creme brulee. Oh. Dessert. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I totally feel what you're saying, and I I, but what really you know stuck with me from what you said is that feeling of, of looking forward to things <laughs> that it's, it's just so beautiful to have um, just feeling like you have so much time ahead of you to to do the things that all the things that you could do at that young age we're talking as if we are all far <laughs> no but you know uh, that, that's, that's another reason why I wanted to do this podcast because you know most of the podcasts you hear it's with people that are like 40 50 that have really lived many many years but i wanted to see the perspective of i mean just people who are my age you know and yeah that that does not um maybe you get a different perspective as you get older well you definitely do but it doesn't discredit at all the fact that we still feel like this you know we still feel that oh crap when we were younger we looked forward to a lot more things <laughs> Yeah, we did. And that's the point I was trying to make exactly that. Some of that, you, you definitely lose some of that, even as you're still, you know, we're still, even though we're still young. Um, maybe if part of the reason is that we are very naive as well when we're young, um, we don't exactly know how, how the real, real world is. And, and then there are all these other things, external things that start shaping you as well. Um, that slightly and slowly make you lose that enthusiasm and, and curiosity to, to look forward to things and, and feeling like you have so much possibility <laughs> like so many possibilities do you do you feel like you you still have that like pockets of that currently like and where does that come from right so I, I think I've definitely lost some of that um, but I find myself feeling like that the most, like looking forward to things the most when, yeah, going back to what I was saying, when when I am thinking about ways I can make a contribution, I think that you know, more than anything is what makes me look forward to things. Um, I, I can be more excited about plans that involve making a contribution and and making connections with people, like you were saying, building relationships. In the end, I mean, and this is also 
I mean, you you've heard about the the longest ever study on yeah. human happiness, the Harvard study, right? And, and the, the, there's their most important finding is that what makes people happy are human relationships. So yeah, I I think there's definitely some of that in need. Um, I think we all do. We all have that. Just need to reconnect with that, along with being aware that our time here is precious. How about you? Do do you have it? To be honest, it, it's harder to come by. Um, the the last moment, I really felt in in the moment and really present with myself and what I was doing was actually truly it was I think yeah last last week when I started making making some music like learning how to how to use um Ableton to to produce music and doing that together with like my my flatmate Zach and my good friend Max we were just creating music we were creating something together that just got us so excited you know and wow i haven't i haven't felt alive like that in in such a while maybe the, i don't know if the song is great <laughs> we like it um but those that's the kind of feeling that i felt i know i felt way more when i was younger um yeah as you said you know and i think that that's that's really nice tie back to like the kids right that you were teaching in um in paraguay you got them excited because you you actually made them feel comfortable and you gained their trust like that's I think that's what I mean. That's what I need for sure. I need that kind of <laughs> that kind of reminder <laughs> that actually there's so much out there that you you can fully control how your life is going to be. Um, you can decide to have better habits. You can decide to cut the bad habits. You can decide who you want to talk to. You can, who you don't want to like. All these things are in your control, actually. Yeah, I hope to talk to so many more people and learn. Just as you said, like I love learning as well, man. And that's learn more from how people are experiencing their lives and what motivates them because I think yeah I think there's a lot we can we can learn from each other as well human connect like yeah it's all <laughs> it's all tying back you know human connection it's, like it is that man and I'm so looking forward to um, seeing what what trends you start finding in the way people are thinking about their own lives I think that's going to be really exciting and yeah I'm just like you know jealous as well you're going to get to reconnect with so many people um, it inspires me to also reach out to people and engage in more meaningful ways cool okay i think we yeah i think we, let's maybe end it there and man thank you so much it's been really nice i loved it man I, i've been looking forward to this all week um, <laughs> i mean it's uh you know it's just like any of our other conversations i think yeah i appreciate you taking the time to do this man you know oh man my pleasure and i, I love the conversation i as I said, I, I, I wish you, you know, the best with this new project. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited for you. And I'm definitely going to be listening to not this episode, but the other ones I hate. There's nothing I hate more in this world than listening to my own voice. So I won't listen to this one, but for, I'll be there for episode two. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Take care. Send my love to, to your family. And um, we speak soon, okay? Sounds good, man. Same to you. Right. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Love you too. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.